Hey Uni Hill Church and welcome back to our Strong Faith Through Hard Questions series. We have a very special Sunday for you today. Uh, some of you may have met uh, Layla Nahavandi before, but Layla's a friend of mine that I've known, we were just working it out for over 20, 20 years, years, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, Layla is doing some incredible things uh, for the Kingdom of God, um, but I've asked her to speak today uh, and I'm, I'm going to share a little bit with you now and we'll have a, a quick chat about why I've asked her to speak on this topic but today we're going to be looking at speaking in tongues and we're going to we're going to talk about that subject and I pray that at the end of today the aim is really simple that people that haven't spoken in tongues before can be filled with the Holy Spirit and those that maybe haven't been using that gift enough get back to using uh, the gift of tongues once yeah. again. But what, why I'm not bringing the teaching or why I haven't asked somebody from our church to bring the teaching is actually, uh, Layla, uh, you're studying now. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, you told me before now. I've forgotten. Right. It is, a, you've almost finished a PhD in historical. Historical theology. theology. Yep. Why, why don't you tell our church a little bit about yeah. what that actually is? Yeah, so I'm looking at historical theology. My whole um, research journey has really been in the space of looking at the sources of church history, looking at the development of doctrine and how we got to where we are today on certain topics. And one of the big things that I'm interested in is especially um, spiritual gifts and speaking in tongues. So I wrote my master's project on the doctrine of speaking in tongues. Where does that come from? How do we develop that doctrine? Um, And historical theology, I'm looking at the topic of speaking in tongues throughout history and really looking at um, the early church all the way through to the present. How have we seen speaking in tongues throughout sources of church history? Where was it evident? And do we have any historical precedent for um, using that gift today? So that's my research area. So I'm very excited to be talking about speaking in tongues um, at Uni Hill Church today. Yeah. And it's amazing. I got super pumped. It would have been, um, I can't even remember, a couple of months back. I, I, uh, have this app on my phone. It's called Theos U. If you, if you don't have it uh, and you get bored in an evening, yeah. uh, Theos U, they, they call it Netflix for theology. So it, it's uh, uh, it's built uh, not only as an app with a heap of resources, they've also got a seminary uh, in America. It, it's a phenomenal. There's actually guys in our movement that are going to that yeah. Bible college. But Layla actually uh, wrote and presented the course uh, on uh, the history of, of tongues. What was the yeah. title of that course? It was Yeah, the history of speaking in tongues. Yeah, yeah. so Layla's the perfect person uh, to be speaking into this area today. So my prayer is that your heart is open. Let's learn something together. Uh, you would have been given sermon notes at the start of today. So why don't you begin to write uh, some things down, ponder about it, and then we're going to be releasing a connect group uh, study as well. So get to connect groups uh, this week or when they gather and, and go deeper into your understanding. Ask God the question, what are we really doing here when we're speaking in tongues? That's what we want to answer. Layla's going to help us understand that a bit more. Yeah. And then we're going to pray that at the end of the day, the spirit moves yeah. and we just have a wonderful time with the Holy Spirit moving through our church so and good. today's service. So, so over to you, Layla. Thank you, Pastor Charles. Awesome. Well, let's get into it, Uni Hill Church. I'm super honoured to be bringing this teaching on speaking in tongues today. I want to give us three reasons why we should speak in tongues today. And the first reason is the historical reason. The second reason is the biblical reason. And then the third reason we're going to look at is the practical reason. So as Pastor Charles mentioned before, I'm also part of Theos University. So I've presented a whole course at Theos University 
university that goes over the historical reason for speaking in tongues today that really makes an argument to show that we do have a historical precedent all the way throughout church history that supports the fact that from the early church all the way century to century to the present day we have seen the gift of tongues in action in the church. It never ceased, it never stopped, it continued all the way throughout church history. So I won't dive um, much into the historical reason today. If you want to explore that further in your own study, you absolutely can go and watch that on TheosU and I hope it's a blessing to you. So what does church history tell us about speaking in tongues? As I've just mentioned, we know that throughout church history, we actually see the continuation of the gift of tongues all the way throughout church history. We know um, that church history tells us that in some centuries, the gifts of the Spirit sort of waned and the passion of the church and um, the fire in the church sort of died out a little bit. This is because um, when, when they started pursuing rules and regulations um, over the presence of God in the meetings and different things like that, we see a decrease in um, the spiritual gifts and the expression of speaking in tongues and signs and wonders and the miraculous. But we do also see all the way throughout church history that there were people who were God seekers, people who chased after the things of God, people who chased after the presence of God, the miraculous signs and wonders who wanted to see the power of the early church restored in their current day. And we see all the way throughout church history that there were people who did truly see this expressed in their own personal lives. We see people, um, heroes of church history like Tertullian and others like Origen and Irenaeus and Pacomius and St. Hildegard of Bingen and St. Teresa of Avila, many different writers, many different sources that we can read from church history that actually specifically talk about their personal experience with speaking in tongues. How did they engage in speaking in tongues in their own lives? And what did this look like? How was this expressed in their ministry? They talk about some signs and wonders and miracles that happened as well. So we can't ignore these sources. We can't ignore these testimonies from people who are doctors of the church, recognized doctors of the church, doctors of theology throughout church history. We know that this gift of the spirit continued in every century with different people. We see people like the Moravians and the Anabaptists and different people who experienced uh, in group settings, this um, descending of the Holy Spirit and this expression of speaking in tongues that accompanied it. Then we see in the 20th century that there was really like an explosion of this gift of tongues. We see in the 20th century there were lots of preachers that were talking about Pentecost. They were expecting a new Pentecost. They were expecting for the dryness in their churches and the lack of the expressions of miracles and healings and signs and wonders. They were expecting a restoration of the early church. They were expecting a restoration of the Acts 2 church. And so they started to hunger and seek after that. They started to pray that they would experience this power of Pentecost again in their lives at that present time. And we see at the turn of the 20th century, the Azusa Street Revival was really the catalyst to see people experience a personal and powerful Pentecost in their own lives. And as people started to pray to experience this personal Pentecost, we see that just as on the day of Pentecost, these people started to encounter the power, the fire of the Holy Spirit and to speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance. We know that today across the world, that Pentecostal revival that 
started in the 20th century with people um, going after signs and wonders and miracles and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this personal experience with Pentecost and the Holy Spirit in their own lives actually spread like wildfire through many different denominations. We see the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, the Baptist Church, lots of different churches that actually had this same revival, this same encounter with the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, seeing signs and wonders and miracles and the gifts of the Spirit again, once again, restored to the church in the 20th century. Today, we know that around 584 million people in the world identify as charismatic or Pentecostal Christians. 584 million people that believe that the gifts of the Spirit are for today. They're to help us in the church and to help us as personal believers have a personal experience with the power of the Holy Spirit. So the historical reason for speaking in tongues, the reason why we believe that speaking in tongues is for today is because it never stopped in the church. God never intended for us to not speak in tongues. Throughout church history, we see it continuously flowing throughout church history in the lives of people who are passionate about pursuing the power of Pentecost, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the early church in their lives and ministries today. So we know the historical reason. Next up, we're going to move over to the biblical reason. What is the biblical reason for us to experience speaking in tongues in our lives today? What does the Bible say about speaking in tongues? Well, in Acts chapter 2, we know that the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, it says, uh, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all in one place um, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. I think I missed out on verse three where it talks about tongues of fire coming and resting on each of them there. Um, but you can read in your Bible, verse three talks about that. And in uh, verse four, it says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance. So the first reason that we see in the Bible why we should speak in tongues is that speaking in tongues is actually an evidence of a personal Pentecost. So when a believer has a personal encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit, when we receive that baptism of fire, just like each one of these did as the fire of the Holy Spirit came to rest on each one of them, we see that each believer has a personal encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit. And this manifests in speaking in tongues. It says every single one of those 120 people um, experienced that gifts of the Spirit in speaking in tongues. So it is firstly the evidence of a personal Pentecost, a personal encounter with spirit baptism, with the Holy Spirit's power in your life. We see this further um, in Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 19, where uh, different apostles are ministering to people. And as they're ministering to groups of people, they're talking about the Holy Spirit. They're talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. They lay hands on people. And as these people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that they speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit enables them. So these early apostles see the, the gift of tongues and this evidence of speaking in tongues as the evidence that the Holy Spirit has filled someone with the power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They've been filled with this baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
The second thing that the Bible teaches us about speaking in tongues is that it is a supernatural sign that actually follows believers. It should be um, what marks believers' lives. So Mark chapter 16 and verse 17 says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and and they will recover. So we see in this verse that it says this sign that will follow believers is speaking in new tongues. They will speak in these new tongues, speak in these tongues from heaven um, that the Holy Spirit gives them. The third thing the Bible teaches about speaking in tongues is that speaking in tongues is a gift. We receive this gift to the church, part of the 1 Corinthians 12 gifts um, that is a proclamation gift. We see this proclamation gift of tongues that is to be used with the gift of interpretation. So it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 to 11, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom and to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit and to another gifts of healing by the one spirit to another, the working of miracles to another prophecy to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits to another, various kinds of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues. And all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So we see here in 1 Corinthians 12 that the Bible is speaking to us about this proclamation gift of speaking in tongues that actually dovetails with the other gift, which is the interpretation of tongues. We know also that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and chapter 14 Paul really teaches about this proclamation gift of speaking in tongues when they start to speak in tongues in the general assembly of the church and especially when people are doing that with the attention of everyone around them. So when all the attention is on them and they're proclaiming this message to the church in tongues, as they're proclaiming the, the spoken gift of tongues, um, the Bible tells us that it should also be accompanied by interpretation. But we also know that Paul talks and we're going to talk about this in just a moment about a personal prayer and praise language and this is also this spiritual gift of tongues that is a personal encounter and experience and language for the edification of the believer so we believe not only can you proclaim um, the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues uh, from the platform in church with the interpretation of tongues as you're proclaiming but we also believe that there are times uh, when Christians are gathered together in an assembly together where you might be praying together and praising together and when you are praying together and praising together it is also okay to speak in tongues together the only time when the the bible in corinthians sort of tells us not to do um this sort of speaking in tongues in the general assembly is when it's the proclamation um, gift, this proclamation gift in front of the church as people are listening. And, and Paul is really saying, hey, you know, if you're speaking to the church, you should be speaking something intelligible, right? You should be prophesying. You should be saying something that they understand. If they don't understand it, then there's something wrong here. We need to make sure that we are speaking. If we're speaking and addressing the whole assembly, we need to be speaking an intelligible language. But that doesn't 
mean that we can't speak in tongues at all in church ever. We can pray in tongues and phrase in tongues in church as well. And the fourth and final thing that the Bible tells us about speaking in tongues is that uh, speaking in tongues is a personal prayer and praise language. So we see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 18 that Paul writes, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all, right? He was boasting about speaking in tongues. He was trying to encourage them that speaking in tongues is a good thing. He wanted them to speak in tongues in their lives as well because he knew how much it could benefit them. He knew how much it benefited his ministry and how much it could benefit their personal lives as well. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5, Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so the church may be built up. So here we're seeing Paul make that distinction that when you're proclaiming something, something to the church, the gift of tongues is great as a proclamation gift, but he's saying, I would rather the prophecy gift proclaimed in the church because people are going to be able to understand what you're saying. So he's making that distinction there. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 15, he says, what am I to do then? As he's looking at these two expressions of the gift, he says, I will pray with my spirit, pray in the spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. So he's making this distinction that when he prays in the spirit and when he sings in the spirit, he's singing and praying in this particular um, expression of prayer and singing that is not um, having fruit in his mind. It's something that's coming directly from his spirit. And he's saying he wants to do both. He's saying we should do both, that we should pray in the spirit and we should pray intelligible things with our mind as well. We should sing in the spirit and we should also sing intelligible things with our worship as well. So Paul really lays this out uh, in the Bible. These are our biblical reasons for speaking in tongues. Um, next, we're going to move on to some practical reasons for speaking in tongues. Why do we need to speak in tongues today? The first reason why I believe that we should speak in tongues is that we need the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit comes with tongues. So Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of of the earth. So when we receive power, we receive evidence to be witnesses. What is this evidence? We know that there's supernatural evidence that God provides his church with on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. I love what my pastor Dave Hall used to say about speaking in tongues. Um, he, he said, hey, you know, when you go and buy a pair of Nikes, if you go down to the store and you buy a pair of Nikes, you don't have to buy tongues separately. The shoes come with tongues. Tongues are not sold separately. Do you know what? In the same way, when we, we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, tongues don't come separately. We receive the ability to speak in tongues when we are baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. The second reason why we need um, this, to speak in tongues today is that speaking in tongues is um, a sign and evidence of a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit and personal baptism in the Holy Spirit. So we know in Acts chapter 2 that there was a flame for every head. 
Each and every person of that 120 people in the upper room had a personal encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say that some were filled as the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance with speaking in tongues. It doesn't say that a few were filled. No, it says that they were all filled and all began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. So we know that it is a personal encounter that all of us as Christians and believers have access to. If God has more for us, why wouldn't we want to enter in to the more that God has for us today? The third reason why I believe we should um, speak in tongues today is because it is a personal prayer and praise language, just like we learnt from Paul uh, in the New Testament. Um, the prayer and praise language um, comes, at, we see in, in John chapter 7, verse 38 to 39, it says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Um, now, this is said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive uh, for as yet the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. What I love about this um, passage of scripture is it tells us that there are rivers of living water that should be flowing out of us in our lives. And I believe that the way that we open that tap of rivers of living water in our lives is to start speaking in tongues, to start praying in tongues, to start praising God in tongues. It's like we just start to let that river flow, this personal prayer and praise language as the Holy Spirit fills us up and flows from us. We see in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, that it says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So not only does this help us to pray as we pray in tongues, but the Holy Spirit accompanies our prayers and he prays with us as we start to pray in tongues. He starts to pray the perfect and, and holy will of God um, to come to pass in our lives. And he actually Actually strengthens us in our weakness as well. I love um, what Jude chapter 1 and verse 20 says. It says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. How do we build ourselves up in our most holy faith? How do we exchange our weakness for God's strength? Well, the Bible tells us that we start to pray in tongues. We start to access that gift of tongues as we pray in tongues and we praise in tongues. We start to let that river flow. As that river starts flowing in our lives, we start to access this power, this strength, this supernatural ability that we didn't have before because we start to tap into the supernatural realm as we start to speak in tongues. I love that. We exchange our weakness for God's strength supernaturally as we begin to speak in tongues. So how did I start speaking in tongues? Well, it's a pretty interesting, quirky little story. Um, I was about six years old and my first encounter ever with the Holy Spirit, my family got radically saved. My dad came from a Muslim background. My mum had converted to Islam to marry my dad and they got radically saved. Uh, in the early 90s, we ended up going to a Pentecostal church in New Zealand and I remember my mum was so um, passionate about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and healings and stuff like that that she would always have playing on our TV Benny Hinn's show This Is Your Day 24-7 in our house VHS tapes of pre-recorded episodes of Benny Hinn's show This Is Your Day would be playing day in and day out and I remember 
one day I was just watching the TV, mum was making dinner and I was just watching the TV, this little six-year-old girl and Benny Hinn and a friend, another pastor, were just sitting around just starting to talk about speaking in tongues and they started to sp talk about speaking in tongues and I was intrigued by the conversation. I was curious about what they were talking about and I, I remember I started to listen to what they were saying about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And at the end of the conversation, they said, hey, if you want to speak in tongues for the first time, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what we want you to do is just reach out your hands to the screen. We're going to pray for you and you're going to speak in tongues today. And so I was like, OK, you know, every time Betty Hinn prays, we usually would lay our hands on the screens and pray with Betty Hinn. So I was like, OK, it's prayer time. So I reached out my hands to the screens put my hands on the screen, started to pray, um, just as a six-year-old kid pray, the simple prayer that they, they prayed, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit, I want to speak in tongues. And then they said, go for it, start speaking in tongues. And I remember I just started to speak in tongues in front of the TV as my hands on the TV, just this little six-year-old kid, start speaking in tongues for the first time. And as a six-year-old, I, I, I remember just walking off and going, oh, I can do that now. <laughs> and, and it was so simple, but it was an encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. It was a very simple encounter. But I remember from that day onwards, I had this deep, personal, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that I can only trace back to that encounter with the Holy Spirit, that baptism of the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to come and fill me and God being faithful to actually fill me with the Holy Spirit, baptize me. And I began to speak in tongues. So how can you start speaking in tongues today? I want to share very quickly just four steps to speaking in tongues, four steps to receiving this personal prayer and praise language, this evidence of a personal Pentecost, this gift in your life. The first way that we can receive the gift of tongues is to ask. The first step is to ask. Luke chapter 11 verse 9 says, And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If we ask for the Holy Spirit, if we ask for this baptism of the Holy Spirit, this encounter with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, the Bible promises us that God will give us the Holy Spirit. So we need to ask for Jesus to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. The second way that we receive the gift of tongues is to have faith, have faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse six, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. So if we want to receive this gift of tongues and speak in tongues and this baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives, firstly, we need to ask that Jesus would baptize us in the Holy Spirit. But secondly, we need to believe that it, this is a gift that God wants to give us. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. How do we have faith? We simply believe. Believe that this is a gift that God wants to give me today. The third step is to receive. Acts chapter 8 and verse 14 says, now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria 
heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So the, the thing that we need to do after we ask and after we believe is to position ourselves in a place to receive prayer and impartation. That prayer and impartation, we see that this happened a lot of times throughout Acts with the laying on of hands, that there were spiritual people, there were people who carried the gift of the Holy Spirit, who had already been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that laid hands on people who hadn't yet received the Holy Spirit, who hadn't yet spoken in tongues. As they laid hands on them, as they prayed for them, there was an impartation of the Holy Spirit and this spiritual gift, and they began to speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. So let's position ourselves to receive this gift through prayer and impartation. The fourth and final thing we need to do if we want to receive the gift of tongues, uh, speak in tongues, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is to activate our faith. We need to activate our faith. So Acts chapter 2 and verse 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. So we see each one of these people begins to speak as the Holy Spirit enables them. So they did the speaking, the Holy Spirit did the enabling. The Holy Spirit did the filling, but they did the speaking. Speaking is activating our faith. You know, if you can speak in another language, if you can speak in French or Chinese or whatever other language you can speak in, you would know that to speak in another language, it actually requires the same faculties that we use in speaking English. It requires us to move our mouth. It requires us to use our voice. It requires us to speak out loud. If we are going to speak in another language, we actually need to speak. The Holy Spirit will enable us to speak in this language, but we need to activate our faith by speaking out. So let's start to speak. Let's start to pray. Let's start to magnify God and believe as we're activating our faith that the Holy Spirit will fill us. He will enable us to speak in tongues as we speak. So these are the four ways that we can speak in tongues today, be filled with the Holy Spirit, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I pray today that in this service, you would receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues for the first time if you've never encountered that in your life before. Um, but also if you have spoken in, in tongues before, I pray that today you would stir up that gift. You would re-engage that gift. You would uh, engage in speaking in tongues in your daily life, just like Paul talked about speaking in tongues more than us all. I pray that you would start to speak in tongues all day, every day, praising and praying to God in, in that heavenly language, building yourself up in your most holy faith and experiencing all of these benefits that we've talked about that come with speaking in tongues. Thank you so much for having me, Uni Hill Church. I'll see you later.